Hi, I'm Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. How's it been going, Hello, Mark? Oh, it's been okay. It's It's been, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a crazy week, but but good. How about you? What What's going on on your side? Oh, crazy, pr crazy, but good week here as well. I've been, uh, been working on a new release for Multivocal since Dialogflow seems to have just released something new. So uh, we'll be talking about that in the future, I'm sure. But it's yeah, been keeping I'm, me busy. I'm curious about that. Just you tack on a few extra letters at the end of Dialogflow and it's new? Uh, it's, it's brand new. Uh, almost, uh, almost doesn't resemble the old Dialogflow and bear striking similarities to Actions Builder. But we'll talk about that another time, once, once I, I dig into it a little bit more. <laughs> the same but different. Well, I've been thinking about on a number of the different projects that I'm doing for work or, or personally, um, about displays, about whether it's on like a mobile phone or on a, you know, a smart display, uh, what you know, would be the Echo Show or Fire TV on the Alexa side of things, or what is just, uh, the Samsung phone for Bixby or whatever. So just thinking about all the different uh, display technologies and kind of how they've how, changed over the years. Well, how, do, how they change over the years, but also you know how how they fit into a voice-first platforms, which all of these exactly. are. You know, so we like to say that that voice-first doesn't mean voice only, right? But what does it mean, and how do those fit in? So so what's what's Alexa's history on this sort of thing? Oh man, okay. So I joined the the whole developer um, experience on Alexa in 2016. And I'm going by memory here, so I'm hoping that I've got, I get this right. Um, and the only thing available at that time as far as showing anything on a screen was the, uh, there was this Alexa app that you use to set up your device, but you could also send cards um, to that, uh, uh, to, you know, to your mobile phone, and, um, and I guess to a certain extent to to the web. There was a I don't know if there was a web version of uh, Alexa back then. But, now, um, now when you say send send the cards to the phone, that's when you were talking to uh, an Echo speaker. It could send cards to the phone, or yeah. So you're okay. so you're you know in, invoke your skill, and you're using this thing, and and maybe you're wanting to send some details, like you're maybe you found something and you want the details of that, you could have as part of the response coming back from Alexa besides the text-to-speech, was this additional information for a card that you could send to the Alexa app. Now you'd have to announce in the, in the SSML that you were going to be sending a card so people even knew to look because there's no way that they would know. Um, and you have two different cards. You could send a simple card, which was just text, or a standard card, which was a text plus image. But that's all it was. It's read-only. There's no hyperlinks. There's no buttons. It's uh, a little piece of information that you can share with uh, with the user while you're while you're interacting with that. And so then they could go to the Alexa app and see, you know, whatever the details was. Uh, let's say that it was a recipe. I don't know. I, I think a recipe was probably even too big for the amount of text that you could have on one of these cards. But anyway, there's additional cards that as well as if you're going to do account linking, you could, you could send a, a, an account linking card to the Alexa app where they could go in and help uh, link up you know, some sort of a, a website account to your Alexa skill. Um, or there's permissions. So you can go into your typical um, 
you know, the, into the skills page to the detail and, and set any permissions that you might need, whether, uh, you know, it was uh, reminders or notifications. Those didn't exist at the time, but, you know, contact them, whatever the permissions were, you could send a card um, to the Alexa app that would be um, a way where they could then click on that card and get to the details or, or whatever they needed to do to, to change those. So that's where things were in 2016. Roll around to the, you know, I think it's about June probably of 2017, the Echo Show comes out. And so now you've got displays. So then the question was, what do you do with those skills that have cards? Well, they automatically upscaled those cards for you. Um, did they? They did. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't know, it didn't work super great and there wasn't a lot of information there, but then they presented some additional templates and they called them display templates or render templates. And it was at that time where you had five detail templates and three list templates, plus the audio player and video player that you could customize a little bit. But it was basically, here is this, this standardized screen and these values that if you fill in, a text here or if you fill in images or whatnot then it will render on the screen but once again it's very um it was mostly static you could have buttons and you could have a little bit of um like html type markup but that was um kind of that, that was my first foray into it and i you know, immediately any skill that we did um that we would go ahead and do uh render templates just to make sure that we understood how they worked. So, you know, roll around six months later and I've done like 200 different screens for the different uh, demos and projects that I'm on. And so that's, that's where render templates come in. Um, and so those would render on different devices. Um, and at that time it was the Echo Show and the Echo Spot, which was the round one. Um, so that's, that, that's kind of where render templates come in. Now, now, what did now what did a render template look like? Was it JSON based again, or a text based yeah, where you filled stuff in, or what? Did, yeah, what did so it, it was just, like? yeah, it was just you know, you would just fill in the values and and uh, it would just you know, you'd see in the code that you know here's a sample and you could copy and paste that code um, and just fill in whatever the values were. So um, so that's that's what happened with render templates, and then. Um, then this thing called Alexa presentation language came out. Um, and the idea with Alexa presentation language is we're thinking about, okay, there's lots of different devices that are out there. And I think more and more and more. And um, for one, whatever reason at that pivot point, they decided that they were gonna go ahead and go with a new um, technology as opposed to try to use something like web. Um, and so they invent, you know, Amazon invented this whole thing called Alexa presentation language, which we've talked about, I think a little bit or mentioned before. It's template based, it's JSON, it's got uh, styles and components and conditionals where you can, you know, uh, turn things on or off. You have a document that re you return, plus it's got a data uh, section where you can do data binding to values. Um, and there's just a whole bunch of, um, things that you can do, but it's, it's, you, you've got primitives like uh, a button or an image or text or things like that. And then you go, they're expanding more and more this idea of having you know, more compound components like 
here's the typical header that you would see in an Alexa skill screen, or here's the footer, or here's a background image or a list scroller. And so there's, there's more and more, but I guess the, the challenge is, is one, the, the learning curve is a lot more. So like when I was doing a screen in um, display templates, you know, I could do something in, you know, 10 or, you know, 20 lines of code um, just by filling in placeholder values and I'd get something that was okay on the screen. Um, but then if I do the same thing in APL, since I've got to do everything from scratch, it's like 300 lines. So it, yeah, it- Three, wow, that yeah, is- it, it, it is quite, you know, you have, you've got the whole section that you're split. You know, the same concepts that you have on the web, right? You've got the structure of the document, which would be like the HTML, and that's, that would be the, the uh, JSON portion of it that describing your layout and you know, you've got components that then you could put in components, but setting values, you've got styles, so you can set colors and, and, and different things. Um, yeah, they've rewritten it. So like if, if you wanted to have an SVG, it's, it's not a typical SVG, it's an AVG, it's an Alexa vector graphic. So they've had to rewrite a subset of SVG to be able to support, and then you have to like convert from SVG into AVG to show that in APL. I, I think like what I find amazing is that there, th this is a very, very niche technology. And yet we've got a bunch of people that are doing some amazing stuff with it still. Yes, I've definitely seen some amazing things. And the, the challenge is, is that there are, you know, a, handful of primitives and now we're I think at APL 1.4 which is we've got more things uh, but then you've got this these uh, composite components that uh, are higher order you know made up of these uh, smaller primitives but there isn't like a control vendor out there I remember doing web or you know anything in the in the past you'd go and you'd do a search and you would find some control vendor library that had a whole suite of controls that you liked and then you would you know get that and and use it but um there was just um last last month that uh, alexa live an announcement for a, a website a few um people have gotten together and created apl themes and uh so it's a website where they make and sell themes and i i'm hoping like in the future it would be like more of a marketplace where those that are really talented at doing apl could create their these these themes and and then that's sell the, them that's good because that's the sort of thing that you need is just to be able to say yeah. you know take this theme and plug it in and and feed in the values that you need this also gives you you know a bunch of consistent user interfaces i mean yeah. on, on the website we saw this with things like you know jquery for a while and then bootstrap and then you know some others so right. that you're getting these consistent expected uh, usability feels so you know everyone knows that when you click on a calendar icon it looks like a count you know they all yeah, look exactly. more or less the same yeah and so um, there are I'm, I'm sure there are there are developers out there that that love uh, display technologies and and want to be you know designers of layouts and components for for the UI and you know more power to them I, you know, love those guys but um, a lot of people, especially in the voice world, you just want to get something done, right? And you don't want to have to invest exactly. 
uh, a whole bunch of money, uh, either developer time, you know, if it's something that's going to take me 300 lines of code, something that might have taken an hour might take me a day uh, to do, and that day has developer costs to right. it. Right, and, and you know, it's it's get something done, but also get something done that looks decent and looks consistent. Because yes. you exactly. don't, what, one of the things you don't want is for your skill to look and feel and work so radically different than Alexa's first party skills. Exactly. You, know, you want some variation. Um, and it's always good to see people who are kind of pushing the envelope, but you don't want these things that feel so different that the user coming into it says, what am I supposed to do here? I, I, I'm lost. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not sure what the pricing is on APL themes. Um, I think I heard somebody uh, look at it once and like a hundred dollars. I can't believe this has cost a hundred dollars. And I'm like, how many developer hours is a hundred dollars? Yeah. It's, <laughs> It's I not mean, much. If it's a good if it's a good theme and it's got you know nice hooks that you can use that are well documented and all of that stuff that really goes into it, a hundred's pretty cheap. I know you can you know if you buy bootstrap themes, for example, some of those are a lot more. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. It's new ground. People are that are are used to getting you know things for free. I think on the Alexa developer side of things, we're starting to see. Well, and I think that's healthy. If there is an ecosystem where people can make money doing it. it it's it bodes well for the ecosystem as a whole. Yeah, um, agreed. So, so you know, totally. Um, you know, hats off to the APL themes uh, team, doing awesome work. Keep going. Uh, people support them. Uh, we need them. They're, they're they're pioneers in this. There's no other place that you can go to to do things like that. It's uh, it's roll your own is the only other option. And uh, so. Yeah. Agreed. So, so, uh, so now I know last time we talked about a specialty APL, APL audio. Are there yes. other specialty APLs out there? Yes. And so it's interesting. <laughs> APL came out and I think APL was targeted specifically for displays. Um, but then I think there's a lot that they liked uh, in APL. This is my take on it. I haven't talked to anybody directly, but, but because it's templating and because you get data binding and conditionals and there's just this whole layer layers upon layers of things that you get with APL um, then I think that's why they chose to use it for audio as well because um, now you're just doing audio components and now presentation isn't a, you know specifically meaning display presentation it means presentation of audio but yeah, there is another sense. APL uh, and it's APL T which is APL for text okay um, where where do we see this well I'm afraid I know the answer so there is a very unique device called the Echo Dot with Clock. So the Echo Dot uh, is, you know, the smaller Echo and it's been around and, you know, it's been redesigned. So it's got a better look than the hockey puck that it used to be. And, uh, but there is a variation of it that has a clock in the side. So it's kind of like your new, I don't know, if you don't want to, displayed device in your bedroom, it could be your alarm clock now. You can see what the time is just by glancing. You can set alarms, you can see the alarms, uh, but you can also program for it. You could have your own text appear on there. You can have scrolling text go across like a little marquee. Um, so I'm gonna- um, That so seems really, really cute. Yeah, it is cute. I, I, I think it's nice, but it's, it's quirky because the, uh, 
the displays are typical seven segment displays and and so there's certain things that are hard to write on there so you sometimes the letter you can do an uppercase or lowercase variation of a letter you can do all the numbers of course right um, but letters of the alphabet uh, you can do some cases both upper and lower in some cases upper only or some cases lower only or in the cases of K, M, V, W, X, and Z, you do not have those letters at all. Oh, really? So, they, it's really just an, a, a seven segment display? They didn't go with, with higher? I know. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how much more expensive is a, a more advanced uh, display that could do alphanumerics? I don't, I, I don't know, but, but it is interesting. Yeah, so there's, uh, you can't spell everything out. On the, but, uh, but you control this using APL. Yeah, so then you have components and you have, uh, so like uh, you've got your typical container. It's a lot more uh, simpler. There, there's this concept of a pager on a display where you can put a whole bunch of controls on a pager and then do page one, page two, and have it like flip through the different pages. So you can do that same type of concept, but really the thing that you've got is you've got simple text or timer text. Um, so there's not, there's not much you can, there, there's not very many components to APLT. Um, the component library is, is small, um, but uh, maybe the next version of Echo Dot with Clock will be. Uh, well, if they, if they upgrade the display, then yeah, yeah maybe. Then, then I could spell things like zoo or uh, instead of just having it come out ooh. <laughs> because there's no Z, I don't know. <laughs> but interestingly, um, so that's kind of a, that, I think that's a, that's everything. Um, really from the, the technology, the typical um, Alexa skill technology for displays. Uh, but I do want to mention web API for games. So um, there is this thing where if you're doing a game, you can get approved to, to use uh, JavaScript and uh, all your web technologies, HTML and you know, CSS, and do the UI portion uh, using those technologies, and you can uh, do animations. I failed to mention that APL does have animations, uh, which is one of the cool things that you can do with uh, with APL as well. But um, with uh, Web API for games, you can uh, pretty much create a web site using uh, different technologies or different uh, JavaScript gaming engines or, or whatever you want to do uh, for that. But there are some, um, it's slow to start up. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why they're not making it available for everything. Um, but it's basically hosting a, you know, a browser inside of your device and then running um, JavaScript and right. yeah, there was there was a great article. Yeah, there was a great article I saw. Uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now, discussing all of these different technologies. And one of the things that highlighted that I wasn't really aware of was that uh, the HTML API for games did have that that startup penalty. That was yeah. a pretty significant penalty. Yeah. So if if it's a situation where you want to start the the you know because it could be two or three or four seconds, it could be it could be significant. So if it's something where you want to get in and immediately start a conversation, that's not it. But if it's, what, there is this thought where if you're starting up a game, there is this, you know, 
getting the pieces out, setting up the board. There is just kind of already this, this idea of, or even if it's online games, it's this preloading stuff before yeah, you start the game thing. We're, we're used to that. Yeah. Um, so, so it doesn't seem like. Uh, but in a conversation, you want that startup to be faster and two seconds is noticeable when you're, yeah, yeah. you're starting like that. Yeah. All right. So what, what's going on on the, I, that was this kind of a, um, a quick blast. Well, probably not that quick, but uh, <laughs> walk through Alexa world. What's, what, what's going on on the Google side of things? So on the Google side, things are a little simpler. And in some sense, there are interesting parallels, but they're different. You know, so uh, we will, um, we'll talk about the fact that it has cards, for example. So uh, right out of the, pretty much right out of the, uh, the, the gate, they had the ability to send cards back as part of the response. Um, but those cards would only show up on the assistant that you're currently working with. And since they launched out of the gate with the assistant on mobile, if you were talking to the assistant on mobile and you sent a card back, you'd be able to see the card. And cards had as part of it, um, you know, you can have text with some very, very, very simple formatting uh, and images and a, a link out. So you could have a link from the card to somewhere else. And, you know, one of the, the neat things I like doing with this was, for example, for some, uh, some mapping applications that I did, uh, it would, you know, show the map and it would, you know, pull the image from uh, Google Maps, you know, so it would create a, a dynamic image based on what you had just said from Google Maps. And then it would give you a link to, to go directly to Google Maps yourself. Oh, I like so, that. So if you were doing it on the device, you would see this card. And if you weren't, if you were just doing it on a smart speaker, it would ignore it. No problem. Yeah. So, so that's an important thing because, because of the, I guess, the advantage that uh, Android phones were using Assistant as part of the phone experience, that you could be talking to your phone, getting these things shown, these cards shown, and be able to interact and have that be part of the experience Whereas, you know, Amazon doesn't have that, uh, that advantage. Um, and so the only mobile experience was, I'm going to interrupt what you're doing and let you know that if you were to go to this mobile app, then right. you would see a card there. It's completely different. One is, right. is part of the interaction. It, in, in fact, you could say something and then see something and respond. And so you could mix this visual and, um, and you know, speech interaction and get uh, a more immersive experience. One of the nice things about that also, and uh, we saw that in some of the other uh, content types they had, so they also have something that they now call uh, a visual selection type. So either a carousel or a list. Mm -hmm. And selecting one of these items would return as part of the conversation what you just selected. Well, that's nice. Now, yeah, the, so other, the other neat bit of that is if you also said one of the items, it would also continue the conversation. So as part of creating the visual list or carousel or collection, whatever they call it now, mm -hmm. you are also creating a possible audio response. So the system oh, would figure nice. out which one you did and would kind of present it transparently to you as a developer on our, on our back end. Um, so we didn't have to worry about that too much. We had to worry about it a little but it would work exactly the same whether I was on a smart speaker or on my phone or eventually on a smart display. 
So, you know, I could just say, here's the list of options. And if I was on a smart speaker, no, nothing was going to be shown. But if a user then said one of those things, yes, it would still pick it up as if you selected an, an option visually. Yeah, so just, to, just kind of to parallel that with the Alexa, then with display render templates and with APL, you do have the ability to um, uh, tap the screen or say something. Or you know, if you have a list, you can tap a list item or you can say select number one or select pizza or you know, yes. whatever it is. Select the right. first one, select, yeah. yeah. Um, but those are actually coded separately. They're like, there's like an, an item um, selected intent that gets fired. Yeah, there are, it tells you what item it is, but, it, it, but it's not the same. It's not the tighter integration where you get back the list of items and it automatically handles both the voice or the touch for that. So here's, here's the interesting twist on that. Under the previous version, the previous versions, so before Actions Builder, those would be handled as a special intent type. But either your voice or the touch selection would trigger that intent type. Okay. Under Actions Builder, they got rid of this specialty type. So now, no matter whether you touch, and, and now they're treated as um, session, what are called session entity types. So, and, and we'll be talking about this next week. <laughs> um, for reasons we'll, we're laughing for reasons we'll explain in a minute. Um, or we'll explain next week. Uh, so you can create a session entity type and that session entity type contains display information sometimes. So if you're displaying it uh, and you touch it, it flags this, it fills that slot with that entity. If you're right. saying it, it fills that slot with the entity. So now we handle everything as if it was like a voice input. It doesn't matter whether it was touch or not. Um, okay. There's also what Google, what, what, there are also what, uh, what they refer to as suggestion chips. Mm -hmm. So in a visual display, either on the bottom of a smart display or on the, the bottom of a phone, you might get these little 10 character almost suggestions of what to type next or what, what you can do next. Well, and that's good because, uh, it, you know, the, the standard practice or recommendation or in some cases requirement, I guess even in how long, is that when you're interacting a turn by turn with the assistant, that, that when the assistant responds, they need to then give you a question that will, will turn into the next round yeah, of you, you answering, you know, whether it be like, what do you want to do next, which is open-ended, or do you want to do this, yes or no? Or, and so suggestion chips are perfect because um, you could take those uh, short answers and give them suggestions on what they right. want to it's, do next. It's kind of this, this leading question, you know, the, these yeah. nudges in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Suggestion chips are treated as if they were voice input or typed input. So it, a lot of people get confused about, well, how do I, do I use a list for this or do I use a suggestion chip? And kind of the, the guidance that we give is that um, suggestion chips are more static. So almost every response, you kind of know where you want to direct the conversation next. Yes. So for things like yes, no, uh, open files, those sorts of things. For lists of files, so if I ask what files do I have, and I, I would present that as a list rather than as a suggestion because they're yeah. choosing something that's a little more dynamic. Plus, plus you have a lot more, well, I don't know how much a lot more, but you have more 
characters that you can just use to render that in a list as opposed yeah. to on a suggestion no, the, the, the lists are actually pretty complete. They, they let you include graphics. They let you include some very, very simple formatting, you know, bold and italics, basically. Mm -hmm. um, also, one of, one of the other cards that was a relatively late addition for the cards, it's a table card. So a lot of people were trying to, to create tables um, oh, wow. That's using not... fixed fonts and spacing, and it, it looked like a mess. Um, but they just that went, like that would work very well on a mobile. No, not not the least bit. So they created a table card where you you know create rows and columns. It's a it's a very basic table. It's just meant to prevent to present uh, some simple data, um, but it works fairly well for you know the a few cases where you need it. And it's a case of a, a nice specialty card. But we've got nothing like significant animations or major color choices or, or major things like that. Cards and, and the, these visual selectors are really intentionally meant as subordinate to conversation. So, so they're not meant this, to overpower. Yeah, and th so this isn't just for the mobile though, right? The same no. technology is, would be for the, for the hub and- Yeah, these are, these are available on all visual devices. So okay. for, for mobile, for the ones that are on the watch, you get very simplified versions. For the ones that are on mobile, you, uh, for smart displays, you get slightly yeah. larger versions. Um, when you're looking at things like the table, it only guarantees a certain number of rows and columns, but it does show more if you've got larger displays. Um, but for the most part, you've got very little control over what all of the, what all of the, the how exactly how they're displayed. So, so you can do, like, actually, actually, I take that back. You can do some overall theming. So you can say, mm -hmm. here's the general background color. Here's the general font sizes and, okay. yeah. and you know, fonts that are used and font colors. But that's a theming for the entire action, not for a particular card that's returned. So it seems like it, it's not the same, obviously, because uh, it's mobile focused uh, or mobile friendly, definitely. Uh, um, and uh, display templates weren't, but it seems like there are a, you know, a limited number of cards that have um, abilities. So it seems like it's closer to what render templates were. Probably, um, yeah. You know, cards, I, I, you know, our cards were, are still are um, very anemic. Um, and, right. and nothing's been done with cards really um, updated since. 2016 there. Yeah, it, it seems like the Alexa cards are, are most similar to uh, Google's notification technology, which basically sends a notification to the to your mobile device. And it and it, that's exactly where it shows up is is as a notification. But it probably shows up in the notification tray like a normal notification with uh, yeah. with the uh, Alexa's cards, it just shows up on the Alexa app and you don't know that it's there unless you that's go odd. I wonder it. why. I wonder why they chose not to actually that's, send a notification with that. Because That seems like that would be helpful, wouldn't it? Well, it also seems like they could do it. It's not, there, there's no technological limitation there that I can think of. Yeah, I know, that's, that's true. So um, do, do you have anything that's like APL or is that? No. I mean, the, honestly, the closest thing we have that's like APL is the library I've written in multivocal and that's, Nothing like APL. Okay. APL is, is uh, the closest that we get actually is what's known as the interactive canvas, which is actually more like HTML API for games. Yes. So, so rather than trying to create a whole new language, they just said, we have Chrome. 
we have Chrome in all of our <laughs> oh, yeah. devices. We've got this thing called Chrome, and it's a little bit popular these yeah. days. And um, you know, every smart display has it built in already. Every mobile phone that we're using has it, sort of. Right. Let's just leverage it. I, I, I think that's kind of where they went with it is, you know, why reinvent the wheel when there was another team in Google that already reinvented it for them? So. Yeah. No, is it just for game? Is Interactive Canvas just for games? Yes, it is. And, and this is why is that, do you think? I have no idea. I'll be perfectly honest. To annoy I, you? <laughs> I, 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 the biggest reason I think why it's just for games is they're still really trying to assess what the impact of it is. Um, you know, I, I don't, it, there doesn't seem to be a huge performance impact. It starts up fairly quickly. It seems to be fairly performant even on, you know, smart displays, which are not the most resource, you know, uh, available devices. Right, right. Um, I think mostly they want to prove that it works with, the, the impression I got was that they want to prove that it works with games and then at some point just open it up. I think also what they're really afraid of, and I think this is a valid fear, is if they just said immediately it was open up to everyone, then everyone would write web pages and not write voice first apps. Yeah, I think that that is a concern. I can, I can see that where, yeah, you don't want to just uh, take what your web experience is and move it over. Games, it, it makes more sense for, yeah. but like, just take I mean, your web page and put your web page on these devices is. It's, it, it'll, it'll end up being a bad experience. And I think it's hard to explain to people why that's going to be a bad experience without show, you know, without giving them examples why. So I, I think I understand why they're taking the cautious approach. I'm frustrated by it. I've got a lot of really good applications, uh, some for fun, some more serious that I think would really benefit by having uh, more of a display, a, a well, yeah. to, to be honest, there would be an, a web page that was more controlled by voice. But that's because I think of things as a web page controlled by voice, not a web page that has audio. Yeah. So I, I think that's the big difference. Um, so, but that's the interactive canvas. The other, the other type that I wanted to mention was uh, what Google refers to as a media player card. So it's kind of like a card. It's built on the same principle as the card responses, but it contains a media player as part of it. And I don't want to go into it now because that gets into comparisons between Alexa, how Alexa does playing media and how Google does playing media, which we'll deal with another time. Yes, we're, we're already deep into this discussion on displays and that's, that's true. Um, I did want to bring up um, just briefly a mention on Bixby. Oh yeah. So I, I know I know Bixby's pretty. It, it's a it's a template like technology basically. So it's yes. similar in some ways there. Yeah. So interestingly, like when I started Alexa, then I was I hadn't well I didn't even have a device when I first started developing for it, which was an advantage. And then I had an Echo, and then I got an Echo Dot, and now I have the whatever ten twelve devices that I have today that are very, uh, but. Um, when I started out with Bixby, it was already on, the only device was mobile. Um, and so they very much did address the, uh, what are you going to do for, um, 
for that interaction, kind of that same thing that you can do, the experience that you have on Google with the mobile where you could have cards and, and uh, different, uh, different things where it's interactive, you could talk and you could get a voice response back, plus get something on the display and you could then choose to select something by speaking or by tapping or, or you know, looking at things. You can have this multi-varied experience, you know, uh, voice first, but also display um, augmentation. So, so that's they had to address that right from the get-go. So, they created templates and then views, and they have uh, you know what they call cards, but it's their own um, language as well. Where you, uh, and everything's in .bxb files, which is kind of a weird, kind of YAML-ish, kind of JSON-ish, but not really either. It's it's their own creation of a of a syntax oh, in, in BXP files. So that's, that, that part's definitely a learning curve. But, uh, but you have different types of uh, results. You could have an input result. So when you're talking, you could say something and then input result could come back and then you could actually input values like by you know, typing or by uh, selecting. There's a result view where this is a result of things that I want to get back or there's a you know, confirmation view where you can you know, answer yes, no or something. So there's some different uh, technologies, but there's different cards. Um, so in some ways, it's more like um, APL, I would think, in the fact that you have these different components. There are a set number of components, mm -hmm. and, and so you can't really build from primitives to build more and more complex ones. Yeah. So it's not like that, but it is template-based, and it's got conditionals and things. Now, each view can get rendered on a device in a slightly different way. So, so the view yes. that gets rendered on a mobile will be rendered differently on the refrigerator, which is the example they always give. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so that's interesting because they've created their own um, templating uh, syntax and engine. Then they control how it gets rendered on devices, and they try to make that as smart as possible. And that's one of the things that that APL was trying to solve was this, this you know, plethora of devices and form factors and screen sizes and things. Um, how do you handle that? And so I think that's, that's um, Bixby's approach is that you can write the same um, response and you know, the, the display response and have it show up differently, whether it's on mobile or the fridge or the TV or the watch. Um, and very handily on their website, you can, uh, you can see what it renders out. Oh, okay, to preview pieces. those, that's nice, yeah. Yeah. A lot of, you know, it's amazing that it, it would seem like this is a, a solved problem in the past. You know, we understood, you know, we thought we understood display technology and yet yeah. here we go down this path again. After decades of display technology, right? Yeah. Um, then, uh, you know, because I've, I've done desktop, I've done web, I've done what, what they called smart client. I, you know, I've done, you know, on, on Microsoft side of things, Windows presentation framework and Silverlight. And I've, I've done feature phone web, you know, that had its, do you remember uh, there was, you know, again, it was, it was cards. It was, you know, building cards for it. I've done, yeah. I've built cards for glass. Um, you know, you, you feel like every time we keep having to redo these notions yeah. that we had before. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know to to handle multiple screen, uh, you know formats and stuff on web, then you you know they've got this idea of something being responsive and and you know 
CSS and things uh, coming into play. And you've got some of that same stuff on, on like APL, for example, but uh, it's still very much uh, could be like, okay, if I'm on this type of display, like a TV, I've got a lot more real estate. So I want to show more things as a, and, and pick which things I'm going to show and which things I'm not going to show as opposed to when it starts getting smaller and smaller to like the, the 10 inch or the eight inch or the five inch um, echo show devices, then um, you, instead of just scrunching them and making things smaller, then you can choose what to include and what not yeah. to include. So in some cases it's different, um, but in some cases it's, it's, it is a redo. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm not sure why exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, a lot there. I have a feeling we're going to be revisiting this again as new stuff comes out and stuff's always changing. Yep. Um, so just to hope uh, you, you know, dig in and we'd love to have your thoughts on, on what you like or don't like about display technology for, uh, for voice first. Or the problems you've encountered or, you know, how, what, what your experience has been, what your success stories have been about making something that's truly voice first and yet also display friendly. Yeah, no, we'd love to check out some of the work that you guys are doing. So thanks everyone for watching and we're two voice devs. Two voice devs. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah, take care. <laughs>